sun is up, I'm off to the river now. Sit beneath the morning sun. Gone away, washed away, watch the clouds roll by. And there I sit, I close my eyes. Thinking, oh. Welcome, friends. This is A Better World Podcast. 30 minutes of inspiration from the worlds of business and the arts. This is Mark Ross, and I'll be your host. Welcome back, friends. I am so excited to talk about this news item that came across my feed this week. What if I were to tell you that the biggest promotion of the new season of Game of Thrones is not a beer commercial. That's right. Forget that Bud Light commercial that aired during the Super Bowl. And I'm not even sure if that was a commercial for Bud Light or Bud Light selling Game of Thrones or if Game of Thrones was selling Bud Light. But regardless, forget that commercial. This new campaign by the Red Cross with and in collaboration of Game of Thrones is off the charts. Uh, I just really get excited when nonprofits creatively partner with the entertainment industry, uh, which I know from my experience with Rock the Earth is in a very effective way of getting your message out. So th- this promotion by the American Red Cross really got my attention. And in their press release, they say, for seven seasons, characters of Game of Thrones have bled for the throne. Now the Red Cross is joining the battle for the living by asking all eligible individuals to help alleviate blood shortages in the real world. Now the backstory to this promotion is that the American Red Cross is down, very far down in terms of blood donations this winter. In fact, one number that I saw was that they are down over 11,000 donations at this point in the winter. Uh, And so they've taken this measure. They hired uh, or they worked with uh, Droga5, which is a New York City global advertising agency, to come up with this bleed for the throne concept um, in which they are thanking donors uh, that donate blood between February 19th and March 17th by automatically entering them in a chance to Uh, win one of five trips to the season eight premiere of Game of Thrones. Uh, So it's not just, but it's not just that. So they're, they're doing this promotion, not just in America, but it's an international Game of Thrones partnership uh, taking place in actually in 15 different countries besides the United States. So this is a worldwide effort to get people to donate blood. Uh, It takes it one step further, and this is maybe the geekiest and most exciting part, uh, is that uh, HBO um, has once again brought on Giant Spoon, which is a branding agency that did their completely immersive uh, Westworld project at South by Southwest last year to create uh, a blood donation immersive experience this year at South by Southwest. So you donate blood uh, uh, sometime between March 7th and 9th. And by the time this episode airs, this unfortunately will have already happened, but I can't wait to get the feedback and watch the videos. Uh, But anyway, from March 7th to 9th, you go and donate blood and you get to be part uh, of this immersive Game of Thrones experience. 
Um, there's other things you can get as well. There's t-shirts with blood splatterings and there's a cool video that I'll put in the show notes that advertises the campaign. Um, but it's just, uh, it's a really cool way for the American Red Cross to get word out there about a significant need uh, to fulfill their mission, that being blood, to leveraging uh, one of the most popular television shows in history that just happens to um, uh, merchant in blood, if you will, uh, on a number of occasions in pretty much every episode uh, to get more people into the blood banks and donate blood. And just as a reminder for all you Game of Thrones fans out there, April 14th, it's coming. Winter is here. I cannot wait to see how this season ends. All right, we're back. This week, I am very pleased to say we have Emily Bacchus. She is a business sustainability advisor to the city of Denver's Department of Health and Environment. Welcome to A Better World, Emily. Thanks for having me, Mark. Oh, well, very pleased that I get to have you here today to tell your story about what you do with the city of Denver. Absolutely. So if you could please tell the listeners a bit about your background and how you got to where you are, I'd appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I took sort of a circuitous route into this position. I... um, I uh, actually went to school for hotel administration, <laughs> um, which I haven't met another person in this industry yet that has done that. Um, and uh, when I graduated, I went to work as an environmental manager for a um, very large hospitality company. And then after about a year of that, I um, transitioned into consulting. Um, So again, still working with um, the hospitality industry and also working with um, the National Park Service, which was wonderful. I got to um, visit a lot of um, great parks. Um, And I did that for about five years. And then I I really wanted to um, engage more locally. Um, I I was working all over the country, but I I really wasn't connected with the the local sustainability scene here in Denver. Um, And when I saw this position um, come up with uh, Denver Department of Public Health and Environment, I uh, I went for it. No, I I think it's great coming from a hospitality background. My sister actually came from a hospitality background and now does sustainability work because with hospitality you're dealing with facilities mm-hmm. and supply chain and you're dealing with a whole bunch of issues that intersect now with sustainability so mm-hmm. uh, you're not the only one All right. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me a little bit about what a uh, business sustainability advisor to the city of Denver's Department of Health and Environment does yeah absolutely so um, my primary uh, role is working on the city's certifiably green Denver program And Certifiably Green Denver is a um, free program for Denver businesses. Um, We offer um, assistance and technical advising to businesses that want to improve their sustainability, reduce their energy use, waste, et cetera. Um, And then as the name implies, we offer green business certification. So um, we have about 250 certified green businesses here in Denver. And that happens, do they have to get recertified every year or every other year? They do. Um, They get recertified every year. 
Um, so our program has been around for about, uh, this is our 10th year, our 10th anniversary. We're very excited about that. Um, so we have um, just a couple businesses that have been in for 10 years, which is which is really great, um, but you know, adding more and more every year. And do they need to show continuous improvement yes. every year? Mm -hmm. So yeah, the, the program is really based on continuous improvement. So they have to meet a set of criteria to be certified. And then um, to recertify, they need to implement two new projects each year. And are the main points of that certification uh, water, waste, energy, are those basically the points of it? Um, energy, water, um, resource management, transportation, and business management. And um, this year we're changing our model a little bit and we're adding a um, set of community criteria. So community engagement. Mm -hmm. So m moving more into social responsibility as well. Yes. Interesting. How many other cities have that kind of program? Um, good question. We don't have an, a very accurate tally, but we think there's, um, well, California has a very large uh, statewide green business program that has, I believe, 26 cities participating. Um, but outside of that, there are probably another dozen or so similar types of programs across the country. Um, and we do um, network with that program. We now have an, a national organization, the Green Business Engagement National Network, which supports <laughs> all these different um, green business programs. Uh, so that sounds amazing. I'm so proud to live in and around a city that has that kind of program yeah. and that commitment to sustainability. And obviously it, it has transcended um, uh, mayors mm -hmm. uh, and administrations because yes. it's been around for 10 years, which mm -hmm. is great. Um, can you tell me a little bit about some of the highlights and accomplishments that that program has, has brought to the city of Denver in the last 10 years? Yeah, Some absolutely. of the milestones, if you will. <laughs> absolutely. Um, so uh, one of our big focuses is energy efficiency and we do um, track the um, improvements that the businesses make to reduce their energy consumption. Um, and over the years, all of those businesses making changes, they're saving millions of dollars on their energy bills um, cumulatively every year, which we're, we're really proud of um, helping. You know, we're not just helping businesses be green, but we're also helping small businesses be successful by saving money. Um, we're certainly um, proud of how much the um, program has grown. It started with just one sector, which was auto repair shops. Hmm. Um, and that was really, it was really focused around um, um, things like hazardous waste and stormwater, um, protecting stormwater, things like that, and then really expanded into the full program that we have today. Um, and we've added all sorts of business sectors to the program. Um, our biggest now is restaurants. Um, which um, is a, a wonderful industry to work with, and they also have a lot of impacts in terms of, of energy and water and waste. So there's a lot of great work to do with that sector. Um, and one of our newest sectors that we've been working with is um, the events industry. And in Denver, um, the number of events each year has absolutely exploded in the past five years. So these events really have a, a big impact on our city and we're um, really um, excited to be working with them to help them reduce their impact. Yeah, what do you attribute that to? Why is Denver such a hot place for events right now? Oh, good question. <laughs> <laughs> um, you could ask our Office of Special Events. Um, you know, I think it's the, the combination of a, a growing population, um, a lot of whom are, um, you know, between 20 and 40, um, that demographic. Um, obviously, we're pretty outdoorsy folks, so we attract a lot of races and things like that. Um, and then, um, I don't know, I think it's just 
a fun town. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So people, people want to get together and be outside, um, which I think is great. Yeah, I mean, the fact that Outdoor Retailer moved all of their uh, shows, the winter and summer and the, and the snow show, all mm-hmm. to Denver, I know that that's had a tremendous impact on attracting other people and yes. also tying up the convention center and bringing lots of uh, economic dollars into the city as well. Yeah, it's just about it impossible to book a week at the convention center these days. <laughs> wow. Uh, in terms of some of the um, the highlights of what your department has done, have you been able to measure in terms of metrics, in terms of greenhouse gas reductions, if there have been any, or wastewater reuse, or uh, uh, tons of waste diverted from landfills into recycling or compost programs? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we, we track all of those things with our businesses that we work with. Um, and then on a larger scale, um, the, the department, um, you know, we have an annual greenhouse gas inventory that we complete. And that really informs all of our sustainability work um, because just about everything falls into that umbrella of um, mitigating um, climate change. Or adapting to climate change, um, so that's a, a really important metric that we um, that we keep track of in, here in the city. Okay, and have you seen even with the growth of the city um, trends that are showing um, success on the part of the department in terms of uh, capturing greenhouse gas emissions, reducing them if possible, or waste diversion, or uh, things like that because when you have a growing population and, and for those that don't live in Denver we've had an exploding population over the last six seven years yeah um, which is bringing many more people in mm-hmm. uh, redeveloping uh, real estate as well hopefully into green buildings mm-hmm. that are more energy efficient things like that yeah so um, there's a few areas where we're, we're seeing um, some some positive trends um, and one is our greenhouse gas emissions related to um, energy um, because of our um, our investor-owned utility here, Excel, who we um, partner closely with, um, has been adding so much renewable energy um, onto their grid. Um, we are reducing the the greenhouse gas impacts from that energy consumption. So that's really wonderful. Um, something else that um, is just getting um, rolling uh, this year is our new um, green buildings program, um, and that. Um, is really going to help to reduce the impacts of our large commercial buildings here in Denver, um, which represent a significant portion of our greenhouse gas emissions in the city. Yeah, and of course the voters in a, in a voter initiative also voted to have green roof, like one of the first green roof initiatives in the United States, which can you talk a little bit about what that requires and yeah. and where that's heading with that program? Because it's a new program. Mm-hmm. So that's actually what I was just referring to, the green roof um, initiative, um, which had um, wonderful intentions. Once it was passed, um, the uh, you know the the folks that originally wrote it and um, people from the city and other um, stakeholders got together and realized some of the language of that um, could be reworked to have the, the best benefit to our city and our climate. Um, so that is now the green buildings um, program. Mm. Um, it, it, green roofs is certainly a component. There are a number of different compliance pathways that building owners can take, um, which we think is really great. We want them to be able to uh, pick a path that uh, suits them. Um, so you know they include adding green roof space, adding solar panels, um, energy efficiency, um, contributing to a fund that um, 
creates energy efficiency and renewable energy opportunities in our city, um, et cetera. And there's there's numerous com- combinations, but um, you can you can learn more about those on our website at demergov.org. Okay. You know, one of the other things that you've been involved in, Emily, is you're also um, the co-founder and co-chair of a public-private partnership with the cannabis industry. Uh, the Cannabis Sustainability Workgroup is uh, part and parcel of your organization as well mm-hmm. in the city of Denver. Can you talk a little bit about how that came about? Yeah. Um, so it really came about um, after a series of informal conversations. Um, our, our team, our Certifiably Green Denver team, when um, recreational cannabis was legalized, we realized that we needed to be able to provide the same advising service to cannabis businesses as we do to other business types. We had no idea where to start. (laughs) I mean, if a grower called us up and said, how can I be more energy efficient? We would not be able to help them. Um, And so we um, really started having conversations with um, a sort of an informal network of, of people in the industry about what are the, the concerns in the industry, um, where are the opportunities um, to be more sustainable, um, what are the cool new technologies coming online, et cetera, et cetera. And um, after about a year, um, we were sitting around the table and I said, well, we've learned all these amazing things. Maybe we should have an event to share them with the industry. Yeah. <laughs> Um, And they said, yeah, great idea. (laughs) Um, And that's when we decided to um, formalize those conversations into um, creating the Cannabis Sustainability Workgroup. So um, we made that a much more, um, you know, we had a public call for applications to really recruit um, a a diverse group of people representing the cannabis industry, um, you know, ancillary businesses, sustainability experts, um, et cetera, um, to get together um, and develop education for the cannabis industry around sustainability. And so, uh, so you have this group, they're mm-hmm. together, a diverse group of stakeholders in the cannabis industry looking at sustainability issues. And uh, so how did you decide you're going to um, present all that information to the, to the general public and to the industry? Yeah, um, so we really wanted to pursue, and we did pursue, two avenues. Um, one is a written document, um, and this was something that um, our department really um, felt was important because there are very few technical written resources for the industry that um, you know people can use to research what are what are the best practices, what should I be doing. Other industries have a large volume of literature, for example, energy efficiency in the restaurant industry. There are plenty of technical studies and resources that they can go to um, to learn about that. And there really wasn't anything for the cannabis industry. Um, So um, uh, a really key piece of education that we, uh, the Cannabis Sustainability Worked Group um, put together was the first environmental best management practices guide for cannabis. Um, And it's specifically for indoor cannabis cultivators because that is the um, primary type of cultivation that we have here in in Denver. In the city of Denver, yeah. Yeah. 
Um, and then the second um, part of a uh, way we've been working to educate the industry is through events. Um, and we've had a few workshops and things like that, but the really um, keystone event is the Cannabis Sustainability Symposium, um, which we partnered with um, the Cannabis Certification Council to put on. So um, the Cannabis Certification Council hosts that event and um, our work group um, helps to um, create the content, um, and volunteers to help make it happen. Um, and that uh, symposium has, uh, we've had three years. Um, it's a full day conference, um, just full, jam-packed with sessions um, about just about every sustainability topic you could think of. So energy, waste, um, uh, HVAC, water, pesticides, and, and um, other ways to manage pests and mm -hmm. uh Social sustainability, corporate responsibility. Yes. Wow. Yeah, all of the above, <laughs> and even getting to into some really nitty gritty, you know, pieces of that. You know, just lighting, or you know, uh, just uh, um... HVAC. <laughs> yeah, just HVAC. Just packaging. HVAC. Just packaging, exactly. Right. Um, we had a specific extraction session um, last year, which was um, really um, well attended. Oh, that's amazing. And so um, what's coming up for the Cannabis Sustainability Workgroup? Yeah, so um, we've added 10 new members this year, which is great. Um, we've really um, pulled in some additional uh, expertise. Um, we had a really great pool of applicants. Um, and this year, we, in addition to updating the Best Management Practices Guide, um, we're also and planning the cannabis sustainability symposium um, we also have a new policy committee um, and they're looking at making policy recommendations um, to ensure that um, you know the policies which uh, govern the cannabis industry don't impede their ability to behave in a sustainable manner so an example of that is um, you know we want to make sure that the the rules that govern how a cannabis business manages their waste, um, which are intended to, you know, uh, be very secure, which is extremely important. Um, we want to make sure that those, the way that those rules are worded, um, doesn't prevent a cannabis business from composting that waste. I see. Um, so we're just getting started and just discussing some of um, these concerns and, and how we're going to frame these recommendations. Yeah. And the supposing the, the fourth, I guess it's the fourth symposium, mm -hmm. um, the date of that is October 4th? Is that? Yes. October 4th. Here in Denver at the um, Hyatt Regency downtown. Um, it'll be another full day. Um, and also the um, Cannabis Certification Council is expanding this event this year and they're producing four regional events that will be happening um, throughout the year. Um, the first one will be in April, I believe, and um, through the months leading up um, to October. I think those are going to be in Philadelphia, San Francisco, Boston, mm -hmm. and... Portland. And Portland. Okay. Mm -hmm. So Cannabis Certification Council. Uh, and we're going to be interviewing a couple people from the Cannabis Certification Council over um, the next several weeks for a better world. So that will be exciting. We'll, but I think they're CannabisCertificationCouncil.org mm -hmm. uh, for more information about those symposiums. Um, 
what's coming up for the city of Denver just generally with regard to sustainability goals that you're, you and your cohorts and coworkers are going to be pushing through over the next 12, 18 months? Oh, man. Well, we have a lot to do. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, um, you know, the really overarching goal um, is that we've committed to 80% reduction in GHG emissions by 2050. Um, and there are a lot of different steps um, that uh, we need to take to get there. Um, one is um, advancing the op um, advancing the adoption of electric vehicles um, and um, you know transition from single occupancy vehicle driving to multimodal options. Um, transportation is our, our second largest source of emissions after after um, buildings. Um, another one is um, continuing to work with Excel to move the city towards 100% renewable energy. Um, we have a specific um, target and work around that. Um, another one is um, continuing our work on energy efficiency in buildings and in homes um, and looking at some of the um, you know, not just big office buildings, but, uh, you know, uh, multifamily buildings and industrial buildings, all these different, you know, sources um, of energy use are, are very important. Um, and then we're also thinking about how um, our city can adapt to climate change. You know, we were trying to do everything we can to mitigate those emissions, but we also realize that there are some changes coming um, that we're not going to be able to stop. So, you know, how can we um, make sure that our, our citizens are protected in extreme heat events, um, in it, during extreme storms, things like that. Um, so there's a lot of work and we're very busy. <laughs> yeah, I think just as we're starting to talk about sustainability, um, even in the most rural areas of the United States, I think the new word is going to be resiliency Absolutely. because we're going to need to figure out how to deal with these climate changes that are clearly already taking place. Absolutely. You've got your work cut out for you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, that's fantastic, Emily. You know, one of the other things I wanted to ask you, Emily, was uh, about the Paris Climate Accord since we're talking about climate already. I believe the city of Denver signed on to Paris. Is yes, that correct? That's correct. We're committed to meeting the reduction goals of the Paris Climate Accord. And has the city come back out and said, we're still in like a lot of cities across the country have? Yes, our mayor has been very um, supportive of, of climate initiatives and of um, making these commitments. Um, we feel that cities um, have a really important role to play um, in reducing our emissions and mitigating climate change. Well, that's great. Emily, I applaud you and the entire Department of Health and Environment for the City of Denver doing this great work with regard to sustainability. Appreciate you joining me on A Better World podcast. And um, people can find more information about you and your department at denver.gov. Denvergov.org. Denvergov, all one word, dot, dot org. org. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. Thanks so much, Emily. Thank you, Mark. And that's this episode of A Better World. If you found this podcast to be helpful, useful, inspiring, please consider subscribing wherever podcasts are heard. You can find out more information about this particular episode as well as our other episodes on our website, www.abetterworldpodcast.net. 
comments and suggestions and feedback, you can send that all to Mark M A R C at needleconsultants.com. I'm Mark Ross, and I look forward to joining you next time as we explore how we can all help to create a better world.